word by quoting Deuteronomy. See, he always quoted the word. That's what we need to do. Answer people by quoting the word, not answered by your head or what you think. It takes more, he said, than bread to stay alive. That's big. It takes more than bread or tortillas or refried beans. More than that, to stay alive. You know, just meditate on that. Take it on your nose and meditate on it. Don't, don't just read, meditate. What is he talking about? Stay alive? Yeah. So he's not talking about your, your body's dying. He's talking about your spirit. Your spirit can't stay alive if you don't feed him. It takes a steady stream. Say steady stream. Of words from God's mouth. Steady stream. Not one word. Not one one uh, passage of scripture, a steady stream. What's a steady stream? Think about it. You can answer that. You know, the scripture that is the foundation for the, for. The, I taught a series on faith, and you've heard Pastor Sandy teach uh, uh, on faith. But what I use, I the one I usually teach when I teach the series of faith, and I taught one time. I taught for about seven weeks, maybe a year ago. Seven weeks on faith. And I quoted this verse every week. Every Wednesday, I would quote this verse. Matthew eleven three. 3. In the King James. Hallelujah. Matthew eleven three 3. In the King James. They're slow back then. All right. All right. And they said, Matthew eleven three, 3, the king just, on mine says, I don't know about that one, he said unto him. On mine says, through faith. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I won't criticize you. Hebrews. <laughs> Hebrews eleven three. I'm, I'm way off. <laughs> Hebrews eleven three. My fault, my fault. All right. There it is, through faith. <laughs> through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. See, through faith, that's why I always used it every week on the faith series, because we understand. Some people don't understand. And they hear it, but they don't understand. They go home, they still don't understand how did that happen. Well, you have to get it in you until you understand that through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Those scriptures, you have to meditate on them, speak them to yourself, talk about it, go back and study them, because it finally has to get inside of you. And one day you'll just get up and say, oh, now I understand that I have to have faith. It means I have to see things, you know, not like they are, you know, but the way God put them together, the way he told me to look at it. Okay, so Matthew 4, 4 tells us that we should not try to live by bread alone. But How? By every word of God. See? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then Hebrews 11.3 tells us that by faith or through faith, we should understand, we should understand with God's words, he formed the world. And remember, we've been teaching already that he's in you. That means that you form your world. 
by your words. That's how he formed the worlds by words. You form your world, your home, your family by your words. If you're always saying, I can't do this, I can't do that, how come things happen to me? You know, I can't seem to get the right job. Then you're forming that world. Faith means that you said, I have everything. I have what Jesus said I have. And it starts forming. You understand? All right. And when we see the material uh, existence in front of us, we have to understand. Everybody say we have to understand. That it was made from things we can't see. I can't see what I'm saying, but it's going to be made because I'm saying it. Hmm. Hello. Thank People would think you're crazy. See? That's why a lot of people say, that's a, that's a religious fanatic, you know? Stay away from him. Every time, they always, 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 always talk about Jesus and faith and all that. You know, because they think you're crazy. They don't understand. Some of them, because they don't have a spirit yet. There's still a body and mind. Walking around dead without an inner spirit. Thank you, Jesus. See, what the book of Hebrews is teaching us, that it will be... That it will take faith. Everybody say it will take faith. To understand how powerful God's words are. See? It will take faith for you to understand. It won't just, when you walk into church the first time, you don't have, you have a measure of faith, but your faith hasn't grown enough to understand that. So that you come in with your mind doubting everything. Because in the world, you doubt everything. You don't trust nobody anymore. Especially in this day and age. Somebody sends you a message on email or whatever. No, no, it could be, could be a trick. Don't, you know, hang up on them. And so that, that carries on to doubt everything, including the Word of God. We have to understand that by faith, that one word out of God's mouth, one word out of God's mouth form a world. How powerful is our Father? One word out of his mouth formed the world. One mouth out of your word, I am healed. In Jesus' name, I am healed. I'm not going to be healed. I am healed. You have to say that one word and then believe it, understand it, and go on. I taught a series on on sowing the seed. What did the farmer do? Sow it and then went to sleep. He was to sleep, woke up. He didn't worry about that seed, whether it was going to grow or not. He just buried it. He just put it in the ground, watered it, and then went to sleep. And, who, and then he woke up. And then the next night he went to sleep and he woke up. And then all of a sudden there was a little thing coming out of the ground. He didn't know how. It says he don't know how because God is the one that gives life. You give words. And he gives, backs it up with his action. Because he said it. So go to sleep. Say the words and go to sleep. I'm healed. Go to bed. Tomorrow you wake up healed and you don't, you don't know how. He did it. Hmm. Hallelujah. It will take faith to understand how powerful God's words are. We have to understand by faith that one word out of God's mouth forms the world. I've got to repeat this over because you've got to look. You got to get it over and over until you get it, okay? We have been studying faith uh, as long as we've been here in this church. 
Every now and then, we go back and forth to a series on faith because that's very important, you know. And I personally taught for seven, eight, or nine weeks on faith at one time. Just like I taught on Mark, uh, Mark chapter 4 on finances. I worked several weeks on finances. Well, I taught several weeks on faith because you can't just teach one lesson on faith and expect everybody to get it. It takes time, you know. Hallelujah. We have to understand. Everybody say understand. And believe first. Understand and believe first before anything else that God, this is it. The first thing you have to believe when you come to, to a church like this or, or you're born again. You have to believe, okay, and understand that first before anything else that God is God. Before you go any further, you got to understand and believe that God is God. He is who he said he was. See? Most people don't believe in God. In the world, you know. And I mean, but you have to. You, if you want to receive the blessings of Abraham, then you have to believe first that God is God. Hmm. And Hebrews 11.6 tells us in the King James, Hebrews 11.6 in the King James, I'd like to read it up there so y'all can read it. Is it behind me? Yeah, okay. So, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So why should we, if you believe that God is God and he created the world and he gave you everything, then, then, it's, then if you don't have faith, it's impossible to please him. So you want to find, when you know that it's, there's something impossible to please your father, then you try to get into that, that subject so you can learn it so you can please him. Because now you know that God is God. And I want to please him. So whatever it takes for me to get faith, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Whatever I hear, you know. How do I do it? Then I'm, because once I get to where he wants me, I'm pleasing him. Hallelujah. Impossible to please him. For, for, yeah. for, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. So when you come up to the altar, a lot of people don't really believe yet. They don't come. They, they, say, they go to a church for a long time before they finally decide to come because they still didn't believe that God is God. Once they know, and some people immediately the first day, they know, oh, I know God is God, you know. Okay, so that's the difference that, that separates the people. You know, God must, you must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's big. Yeah. Write it down, underline it. Because without faith, without knowing that God, is, you don't get rewarded. That means that every time that you sit in church and you obey God, you get a reward. God is, you won't owe him anything. You know, I have people helping me in my house. They come and do anything. I will never let him go without rewarding him. Even though they don't want, they don't want money. They want to help me just for because they love me. But no, I can't do that. See, I, I have to reward them because I have God in me. See, you reward for their action for their because they're doing it for you. You know, Hallelujah. Do you understand? You you carry this out to the to your life, everyday life. You know, you reward because he rewards. Hallelujah. So, those that diligently seek him. Now, Wednesday night, when I see you sitting here, you're the diligently seekers. Because the ones that are not diligently seekers are not here on Wednesday night. See, They're here Sunday morning, maybe, maybe Sunday night sometimes, if there's going to be a special or something, or we're going to give gifts or something, you know. But, but Wednesday night, that's true. 
But Wednesday night crowd is diligently seeking. So give yourself a hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, ever say tonight? I'm going to teach you the difference between God's word, God's words, and just plain words. Okay? Y'all looking at me strange. <laughs> because there's God's word, and, there, and then there's God's words, and then they're just your words, plain words. Plain words have no power. They're just words. I, heard, I hate to sit down with people that just talk in words. You know, I'm, now I'm, I'm like, I want to hear something that God did for you. you know, not just playing words, you know, like people just make up stuff, you know, just to talk. When you see me sitting down, I'm quiet. You know, and then if I close my eyes and they leave me alone. You know? <laughs> I don't like plain words, you know. By plain words, I mean words out of the soulish realm. See? Out of your head, soulish, not spirit. Okay? Hallelujah. (laughs) Words out of your soulish realm, out of the natural sense realm. Like I gave him a piece of my mind. How many give people a piece of your mind? (laughs) You used to, right? (laughs) That's plain words. Hallelujah. So never forget, God is a spirit. He's not flesh. And because he is a spirit, we, say we, we have to understand. That's the word is big. You have to understand spiritual words. And that's why you come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Because sooner or later, you're going to learn how to speak spiritual words versus physical words, versus plain words. Now you're going to talk spiritual words because God is a spirit, and you're going to talk spirit to spirit. And before, when you first get in, in, in the church, you don't understand. You don't know the words of God, so you don't know how to talk to him. But then he gives you that Holy Spirit, and then you talk in tongues. So that's the reason he does it, because the, when you speak in tongues, you pray to God from your spirit to spirit. You don't know what you're saying. And a lot of people that are well, what am I saying? Well, he knows what you're saying. He gave you the language, you know. I mean, you know, you don't know what those, the, some Indians in the jungle saying when they speak like, you walk by and you say, what's he saying? I don't know. But God gave him that language. See? So you keep praying in the spirit until you start learning the word of God. Then you start, then you can, you know, please God because by talking his word. All right? Thank you, Jesus. Am I making sense? So, so say amen then. Because <laughs> spiritual words are words full of power. Man, are you ready to learn tonight? I, I haven't even started teaching. I'm just talking right now, you know. But all right, tonight, knowledge is good because the more knowledge that we get, watch this the more knowledge you get about the Word of God, the more faith we will have. And faith. Pleases God. So knowledge of the word of God brings faith in. And faith pleases God. You can't just walk into a building and expect to have the faith that pleases him because you don't know the word yet. So you keep coming until you learn the word. As you learn the word, you speak, you please him because faith becomes to work in your, instead of your flesh, right? So how many of you have, uh, have, never, uh, have never heard of the word 
Logos. Be, be, be honest. Logos. Okay. See? Some people are honest. Too honest. Great. Great. Honest. Okay. But some people, they, they just don't ever raise their hand for anything, you know? And they want you to think they know everything. If they did, then they not, we wouldn't need teachers in the church, you know? All right. So, so, so write that down on your notebook. Logos. L-O-G-O-S. All right. Write it down. And never forget it. Because that's the word that John used in John 1.1, 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. So that was it. that's what he was talking about, you know? Now, I have a, I think they said they had this Mount's reverse, uh, reverse interlinear New Testament, <laughs> John 1 1 in the Mounts reverse interlinear New Testament. I think they have it up there. They, they told me they were going to get it. Oh, y'all had another one, right? You didn't have that one? All right. And that was, it says, in the beginning was the word. But underneath, it gives you the, the Greek words for every word, the English word, okay? So underneath the each word. In the beginning, for instance, beginning is like Archie, you know, the, was, him, the, too, you know, like, that's their words. Uh, and under, under word says logos, in the beginning was the logos. And the word underneath that also says logos. Was God. And the word was, uh, and the word again says logos under that. Three times a word that says in that verse says logos underneath. Uh, underneath the other word says, and I can't pronounce the words, you know, but they're like Greek words, okay? In the beginning was the logos. The Greek word logos is a powerful word. In English, we read it in the beginning was the word. We think word, single word, right? One word. In the Greek, it implies a mind, a reason, a logos that ruled the world. It's fascinating, you know? The Greeks, Plato declared it was God's logos which kept the planets on course. The logos. The believer at that time, the real committed ones, right, like you, loved this concept. It was logos which put sense into the world. There was an, there was an Alexandrian Jew named Philo who promoted this word, logos, as used by the disciple John because it was a word changed with meaning, charged, I'm sorry, charged with meaning, and it was and it made a great impact on the listener. W.E. Vine, in his expository dictionary of the New Testament word, said that logos, logos, now right, right, take your notes, because I'm talking, you know, this is in the dictionary, right? Logos is the revealed will of God, and it is used as a sum of the utterance of God. In other words, it's not word, it's the total words of God. Meditate on that for a moment. 
the will of God, and, the, and it's used as a sum of the utterance of God, the sum total of, of his words. Then the strong concordance said of this word logos that it is divine expression of God. The Greek dictionary in the New Testament on page 45, I'm telling you, man, are you students or what? You learn. This is school. You're learning, okay? This is what Bible study is all about. So you can learn a little bit more than you would if you just went to a regular church, dead church. How? Hallelujah. Puts it this way. Listen closely. One could safely say, as he, as he holds the Bible in his hand, you got a Bible holding your hand, that he's holding the sum total of the combined sayings of God. This is a combined total of what God said. Right? Wow. In my hand, I hold the sum total of the combined sayings of God. The logos. Mm. Wow. Are you getting all this? Hosea 4, 6 tells us God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Well, today, we are growing in the knowledge of God. Word and words. The logos of God, as we read and study the logos of God, the sum total of his sayings, we will come, we will come to know personally the one that was in the beginning with God. The Christ of God. Did you get it? Let me repeat. We come to know him, Jesus. The logos, the word, to know him is life. Life to those that find him. Come on, guys. Can you say amen? Yeah. Can you say hallelujah? Are you ready for more? All right. Okay. Another powerful Greek word used in connection with God's word is rhema. How many heard rhema? All right. How many have never heard of rhema? Man, look, a lot of people. Man, thank you, Jesus. He gave me the right thing. Okay. Now you're going to hear it for the first time. Take notes. All right. Hallelujah. Another perfect Greek word is connection with God's word is rhema. Some scholars made the words logos and rhema very similar in meaning. Let's study to see the similarity in the meaning. I found a slight difference as I studied. I believe that it's very important to understand why the Greeks use these two words. In Luke 1.37, the word rhema was used. An angel was talking to Mary in Luke 135. Right? I think we should open uh, your Bibles to that. Luke 135 in the Amplified. 35 to 37 in the Amplified. Luke 1. Do you have that up there? Luke 135. Then the angel said to her, Luke 1, 35. Then the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will come, will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a cloud. For that reason, the holy, pure, sinless child shall be called the Son of God. 
And listen, next. And listen, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she, who was called barren, is now in her sixth month. For with God, nothing is ever shall be impossible. Hmm. Without power. Hallelujah. So when we back up to, to, to verse uh, 37, when it says, For God, nothing ever impossible, and no word, okay, underlined underneath said, No rhema. That's no rhema. Okay? Verse 37, No word of God shall be without power. The word used there is rhema instead of logos. No rhema of God shall be void of power. It's worth re repeating over and over. No word of, or rhema of God shall be void of power. Say it again. No word. Rhema. Shall be without power. Can you see what I see here? I see that the word rhema is opposed to the word logos is a singular saying. Singular word of God. Rather than the combined sayings of God. This is logos, this whole combined sayings. But if you take one word from here, that's rhema. But it's alive and powerful, the one word. As opposed to logos, in a singular saying of God. Rather than combined saying of God, remember Jesus in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. See? By each word or rhema. By each rhema word, that's what's going to keep you alive. Not, not the, whole con the whole thing, but one word out of there is what you eat. It's like one slice of bread. When you go to Danish, it's a toast. They give you three toasts. One toast is one word. The whole stack is logos. Now you get it? All right. Hallelujah. So by every word you live. That proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now, I think you do have this because I gave it to, to them earlier. Matthew 4, 4, and the mounts reverse enter the near New Testament. Mounts reverse enter the near New Testament. Oh, it's behind me? Let me cover. But he replied. It says... It stands written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. You see underneath it? What does it say? Rhema. See? By every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's rhema. Hallelujah. So I'm not making it up, right? Rhema is also called in Ephesians 6.17 and take Ephesians 6.17 says take this helmet of salvation and the sword of your spirit which is the word of God. Rhema. Right there. So, so what, what is rhema? A singular word. Logos the combined word. 
So in Ephesians 6.17 says, take this word of God, rhema, that's used in connection with the sword of the spirit. Each word is it's a sword. You want to you, you attack the devil with one word? And usually that word is Jesus. <laughs> that's one word. And that's rhema. And that's the sword of the spirit. Ooh. So you take the logos and you each word is powerful. Man, there's a lot of words in there. And each word is full of power. Hallelujah. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. Rhema is used in connection with the sword of the spirit. Pay close attention because I... I am about to bring all this information together so we can learn faith. Are you ready? This is not going to be a long study because it's powerful. Now I want you to study. If I give you too much, I'll overload you. In studying several references, like the W.E. Vine, Adam Clark's commentary, and Dake's annotated reference Bible, here's what I learned. There are millions of believers that read and enjoy their Bibles, but they seem to lack faith. Millions. They say, I read my Bible every night. But they still don't have faith for healing, don't have faith for finances, don't have faith, you know. Some of them don't even give, but yet they read their Bible. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Don't you think? I know a lot of people that say they read the Bible. But looking at their lifestyle, I mean, they don't have the faith that, that we're teaching you here. Hallelujah. Why is that? Can you answer that? Why? You, know, you ask yourself, why? Why this person's read the Bible? You know, there's a lot of people in the old days, they all had a Bible and they all read it, but they were all defeated. So many can read their Bibles and yet lack faith. Did you know that? After all, the Bible says that faith cometh by what? Hearing. hearing. And hearing by the word of God, right? Well, in studying several Bible references, I found... How many want to know what I found? I turned to Romans ten seventeen. You can turn there, too. If you haven't put it up there, Romans 10, 17. Hmm. I wanted to know what Greek word was used there. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is very important, so listen closely. We need to see if it reads faith cometh by rhema or, or because, it is, because it is logos, then faith cometh by the reading the word. See? If it was logos then it means you have to read the word to get faith. But that word there, it comes by rhema. That means you have to hear the word, that one word that's powerful. Then faith comes by, you know, by that, okay? But the word is used in Romans 10, 17, is faith cometh by hearing the rhema of God. So you can read this whole Bible and faith wouldn't come. See? So, man, I know the Bible cover to cover, but you don't have any faith. See? Because, because he, faith comes by hearing the rhema of God, the powerful word of God, you know? 
See, that's, that's something that you can say, man, I learned something tonight. I have to start hearing it, not just reading it. You know, Reading is good. You can read it, but you got to hear it. And you can hear yourself reading it. What does that mean to us? Learn this. Faith cometh by speaking the individual sayings of God. The rhema. Individual sayings. The one word. Faith comes by, what did I say? Speaking. You have to say, speaking, the individual sayings of God. Faith comes by the quoting of the word of our living God. Rhema is quoting logos. Rhema quotes logos. We're learning something. You're a student, so I'm teaching you like a student, so you'll know you're going to go preach somewhere else, and now you know, you know, hey, you know, did you know that every word of God is powerful? But he said, yeah, I know, I know, I read the whole Bible. Yeah, but they don't have no power. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've known people in the past, and I felt kind of embarrassed because they could quote almost every scripture in here. You know, and I, I can't. But I would read a word and keep it in my heart and do it. But I was getting blessed by doing what God told me to do and speaking his word. And then you, you, they just said any scripture, you know, Mark 12, Hebrews, whatever, and they would quote it. And those people, some of them were in jail today. Some of them were broke. But they knew all the words. Didn't do them any good to know it. You got you to gotta hear the word so that faith can come. Hearing the rhema of God. Hallelujah. Faith comes by speaking the individual sayings of God. Faith comes by the quoting of the word of our living God. Rhema is quoting. Say, Rhema is quoting. Oh, man. Logos, you know, Rhema is quoting logos. There are two words. Rhema is quoting logos. So faith cometh not just by reading the word, which is logos, but by speaking the word, which is rhema. Don't forget that. Write it down, but you'll never, you'll never forget. Man, I know logos, I know rhema. <laughs> faith come by hearing and hearing the rhema of God. Thank you, Jesus. Are you excited? Amen. I am. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, let's, let's get serious now. Now that we know all this, let me ask you a question. If I was to ask everyone here to quote me a scripture, we could start on, on this end right here, where Ram is. The first person might start, say we started over here, quote me a scripture. The first person might start with John 3.16. Because <laughs> we all heard that, right? John 3.16. And Sarah would say, oh, no, that, that's the one I was going to use. <laughs> yeah, Genesis 1. Then the second one would quote Mark 11.27. And several more would say, oh, no, that was mine. Can you see where I'm going with this? Okay. We should not just have a favorite verse. We have to know the Logos of God and speak the rhema of God. Okay? We know the word. We know the whole 
concept, the whole thing that he wrote, but then we, pick, we speak what he said. Because he's in us. And when Jesus was asked a question, he would quote Deuteronomy. You ask a question, quote something that you know in the Bible. You know? Well, no, Jesus said this, you know. Hallelujah. And we heard several times, Jesus said, stay away from the world. So when the world starts talking to you, you say, Jesus said, stay away from you. <laughs> That's Rhema, stay away from the world. I'm not, I'm not in the world. I'm in the, uh, I'm in the world, but I'm not off the world. So we have to know the logos of God and speak the realm of God in our everyday situations. I had a situation today when I could have had fear, you know, or anxious. But you know what? I kept quoting the word. No, be anxious for nothing. But in everything with, with prayer, supplication, make your request known to God. I am not anxious. I have peace. I'm going to lay on my couch and go to sleep. I don't care. Because all things work together for good to those that love God. So I don't care what I'm going through. It's going to be good because God said it. That's what he said. That's what I'm standing on. See, every day you have a chance to speak like that. You know? Instead of getting all nervous. Oh, oh, I wonder this person is, is, is having a car wreck or whatever, you know. No. All things work together for good. And I have answers for nothing. I have peace. And then you can start singing, I have peace like a river. I have peace like a river. I have peace like a river in my soul. All word of God. All Jesus, you know. Thank you, Lord. Speak the rhema of God. Sing the rhema of God in everyday situations. So listen to me very closely. As Christians, we are clothed with, 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 def defen with defensive drive, with defensive armor. We're we're clothed with defensive armor. And the only offensive weapon that we have is the sword of the spirit. Everything else, we're clothed with, 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 with defensive armor. And the only offensive weapon that we have is the sword of the spirit. Not I'm going to speak. I'm going to give you a, a piece of my mind. That ain't going to hurt. But the word says, you know, get behind me, Satan. I mean, you could, the rhema is what is a powerful thing. You start having a sore throat, coughing and all that. Said, no, by his stripes, I am healed. I said I'm healed in Jesus' name. You don't call a sick person, hey, man, I got, I'm sick. I'm going to call in sick today. <laughs> <laughs> you speak the rhema of God in our everyday situations. So listen to me very carefully. As Christians, we are clothed with defensive armor. I said that already. And only offensive weapon is the word. We have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God or the rhema of God. Not the whole Bible, the rhema. One word from there. Powerful. And faith comes by hearing the word. How does it come? By hearing the word. Question. When do we really hear the word of God? When do we hear it? Some hear it Sunday morning. Some hear it Sunday night only. The rest of the week they hear it themselves. Some hear it Wednesday night. But how about people that only go once a week or don't go at all? When do they hear the word of God? Hmm. 
You want to know the, the, when? When we, say we, repeat it over and over. Use it over and over. Say it over and over. That's why when I lived in this old house on Irvington somewhere, you know, a little rented house, one bedroom or whatever, run down uh, in Northside. We just got saved. I started putting scriptures on every wall. If you came to my house, you saw those big cardboard frames that people hold on the street, that taped all over the living room, all over the bedrooms, everywhere. If you come to my house, you see that. What is all that scriptures? Because as I passed by, I would quote them. You know? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Thank you, Father, for healing me, saving me, and make me and making me wealthy. In Jesus' name. Oh, just quote everything, whatever I saw, you know. By his stripes I am healed. You know, until it got in me. And I kept hearing myself say it. You don't just read it. You say it out loud. So when do we really hear the word God? When we repeat it over and over. Use it over and over. For example, you know, I always go give examples as a teacher. A husband's going to the store. And his wife says, give me one, two, three, four items. Most men would say, okay. And most likely they would forget it by the time they got to the store. Say, <laughs> so what did she say? I can't remember now, you know. Like, and you bring three items or two, and some is the wrong stuff. Hmm? That's how we are, you know. That's our, see. So the wife knows the history of the husband. So she says, repeat it to me. That's how you do the word. Repeat it to me. That's what Jesus said. Don't just read it, you know. Now repeat it. When we repeat it, we hear it. If we don't repeat it, we don't hear it. Faith comes by hearing. (laughs) And hearing. And hearing. And hearing. But not just hearing the pastor. Hearing yourself. The greater one lives in you. There's no reason why you can't quote his word. He lives in you. And let him, let, let him talk to your ears. Let him talk to you. And never forget his word because you're quoting it every day, everywhere you're driving. Turn the radio off. I know people, when I just, if I just drove the car, I know what, because the radio's on. You turn my radio on, it just says iPhone. No, no, it's just iPhone. You know, somebody calls me, it rings on there, and I, I just answer driving without touching my phone. You know, and that, but but you know, people about what they listen to. You know, the music, the the news. They know the news, man. They know everything about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> and they quote the weather because they'll tell you, "Hey, Thursday's gonna be real cold." I already heard it from several people. <laughs> <laughs> So that's how faith comes, you know. Faith comes by hearing. Repeat it. Oh, wow. Let's hear it. Let me hear it. Repeat it, you know. Faith comes by hearing. So let me close with this. So it's going to be short, but I'm going to have testimony. And I know some of you all got something today. I know you did. And you're ready to tell everybody what you got. 
And that's what, that's what I like my students to do because I know once you repeat it, you got it. And you'll never forget. And you're going to teach it to other people. Hallelujah. Jesus in Luke 18.8. Turn there. Jesus, Luke 18.8. Ask this question. They're slow today. Oh. <laughs> the, the weather, yeah. Are you on the weather channel? Turn it off. Eighteen eight. Oh, that's not mine. Eighteen eight, man. Did I mess messed up again? Where's that? <laughs> Will I find faith in the world when I come back? Which was that? That's it. That was it. That was it? The part of it. Oh, the second part of it. Of Andrew Speedily, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith in the earth? The reason that he asked that question is because faith can, de- can decrease in some, but can increase in others. Yeah. See? Once you know that, then, man, you're going to be the Hey, I want to be the, the, the one that increases. I don't want to be the one that decreases. Because I've seen that. I've seen people go to church and they were full of faith and all of a sudden they dropped out. But I'm going to stay in because I want to get full of faith so I know that I know that what I speak out of my mouth is going to turn into gold, going to turn into a new job, is going to turn into success because I don't speak failure at all. I don't speak failure at all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't know how many times I quote that as I'm driving the car. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing me, healing my wife, healing my children, healing, healing our home. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I speak to the devil too, Satan. Take your hands off the, everything. Take your hands. I'm driving the car, you know. So faith can decrease, but it can increase in others. When the disciple asks Jesus to increase their faith, they echo, they they echoed. The cry of many human hearts. Take this message with you today. Let's increase our vocabulary in the Word of God. Our faith is the answer to this generation. And it's very vital that we increase in faith as we approach the end times. Very vital. Hallelujah. Are you listening? In these last days of, of great temptation... We need power to overcome. Even as Jesus overcame Satan in his hour of temptation, Jesus used the words of God and said, It is written. Study the logos of God and speak the rhema of God. Okay? He he said it is written. It was written. Everybody knew that. But he had to say it is written. And then he says it. Not look at me like, where did this come from? Did y'all learn something? Yes. Who learned something? All right. 